Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Though it might seem odd, the Bible actually says that as the last days are approaching, more and more people will begin to mock and scoff at the return of Jesus. The more people mock and scoff, the closer we are. If you're paying any attention at all these days, people are mocking the idea of the rapture and the return of Jesus regularly. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn more about how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on February 24th, 2019. It's really this collective effort on the part of the many, if you will, that are looking for a way. This has changed. This is different. Looking for a way for this to happen. They're actually hoping that it does. One last quote from one more source. It's the Times of Israel, and it has to do with Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, who may also be in agreement with the notion that the Arab world sees that this time, maybe there is hope. Something is different. Last month, al-Sisi told CBS News, that cooperation between Cairo and Jerusalem, this is interesting, was tighter than it had ever been. Well, that's new. (laughs) That's different. And confirmed that Israel is helping Egyptian troops battle jihadists in the restive Sinai Peninsula. Now here's what's interesting. Israel and Egypt had never previously confirmed the existence of this campaign. In other words, it's different this time. This has never happened before. Our relationship has never been better than it has before. Okay, now here's the question. If this is different this time, maybe something is going to happen this time. Maybe there's hope that finally, after all these years, all these failed attempts at bringing peace to the Jews and the Palestinians so they can live side by side in peace and security is finally going to happen. Do you believe that? Or are you, and I understand, if you're kind of 
maybe one of those that says, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up. I mean, I hope it is, but, you know, the proverb says, uh, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm not going to get my hopes up. So, you know what? Fine. Maybe you believe that something is different this time. And if you're right, then I think that it would be good to ask ourselves this question. If we're seeing that which will ultimately be fulfilled during the seven-year tribulation beginning to happen now, then how close are we, really? So, if the rapture happens before the seven-year tribulation, and it does, it has to, it must, and we're now seeing things that will ultimately be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation, which we're not going to be here for, but they're already starting to happen now, and there's an unstoppable momentum, meaning that it's not just going to, you know, one day we're going to pick up our newspapers and, oh my goodness, Russia and Iran are leaving Syria. They are? Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's, uh, the Jews and the Palestinians are going to, you know, delay this whole discussion of a peace agreement. Just deal with the status quo. Really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Is it, do you see that happening? I don't. I don't see that happening. I see things speeding up. Here's another question. If we're that close, and I truly believe with all my heart that we absolutely are that close, even closer than we could possibly imagine, then what kind of an impact should this have on how we live our lives? Shouldn't it have some kind of an effect on the way we live our lives, the light touch on this world and the things of this world? story is told about a rabbi who only had a desk, a chair, and a lamp. Somebody came to visit him and said, Rabbi, where's all your furniture? So I didn't bring it. He says, where's all your furniture? To which they responded, well, I didn't bring it. I'm just visiting. He said, yeah. I'm just passing through. I didn't bring it. Got a light touch on this world, things of this world. Because there's coming a time, and I believe it's very soon, soon and very soon, when that trumpet's going to sound and everything here matters no more. I mean, shouldn't that affect us, the way we live our lives? And... I'm keenly aware that there are those who mock and ridicule any mention of the Lord's return, and it's even getting worse, if you haven't noticed. 
But I want to encourage you with what the Apostle Peter wrote in his second epistle. Chapter 3, starting with verses 3 and 4. Listen to this. He says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Come on. My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, every generation thought the Lord was going to return in their lifetime. Where is he? Come on. Do you realize that when that happens, and it happens, that they who say that are actually fulfilling Bible prophecy? I like to sometimes point it out, I'm not as militant as I used to be, but I like to turn them to Second Peter chapter 3 and say, wow, what would you say? What? Peter said you would say that, and then that when you said that, that would mean that we're even closer. Keep saying it. Keep mocking me. I know I'm being silly, but I think you get the point. Verse 8, Second Peter 3. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, listen, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But, The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, here's the question. What kind of people ought you to be? Answer, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God. And this really jams people's gears. When Peter says, and speed, it's coming. What does that mean? Well, I'll explain in just a moment. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed, it's coming that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. I thought God was sovereign. How is it possible for us to speed things up? Because if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you want the Lord to come back like yesterday, right? You mean to tell me there's something that I can do to hurry things along? (laughs) Yeah. Wait a minute, I thought God was kind of taking his time because the longer he takes, the more people get saved. And by the way, aren't you glad? I don't know what year you got saved. I got saved in 1982. I am so glad that as many thought, Jesus did not come back in 1967 when Israel recaptured Jerusalem as their eternal capital, as some believed. Because had he, I was uh, five years old. So I wasn't saved 
till I was 19. I'm so glad that God was patient, not wanting me to perish, but to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, which wouldn't be till 1982. You see where I'm going with this? So can you connect these dots? So does that mean then that the way we can speed his coming is to reach the lost and steady and ready the saved? Wouldn't that make sense? Because if God is waiting for that last person to get saved, then what are we waiting for? I want to go home. No more death. No more pain. No more suffering. No more cancer. No more cockroaches and termites either. (laughs) Just saying. I want to go home. But here's the thing. We all have loved ones that we don't want left behind. So what are we waiting for? Let's get this show on the road, man. Let's speed it up. Let's hasten his return by preaching and spreading the gospel of the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. This is why we do these weekly updates, is to bring to the forefront just how close we are to the Lord's return, to sort of wake up and shake up. Because in large measure, the church of Jesus Christ is slumbering, drowsy, sleeping when it comes to the things of God, certainly the return of the Lord. You know, one of the most common by far, I mean, that whatever is the second most common email or comment we receive, uh, it's a very distant second, but the number one comment or email we get is, do you know of a church close by where I live that talks about Bible prophecy? I can't find one. Some people have given up, and we are their church. And they're watching right now. And they part, yeah, praise the Lord, right? All the glory goes to Him. 100,000 views on these prophecy update videos within the span of one week. Who knew? God knew. That's the hunger and the thirst that is out there amongst God's people for the truth. People are not stupid. They see what's going on in the world today, in this country today. They see what's happening in the Middle East, particularly in Israel. And they're asking questions, and they're the right questions. And we need to give to everyone an answer of that hope, that blessed hope that lies within us. Then we're silent. Pastors don't want to touch it. Ooh, it's too controversial. You know how many people have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of Bible prophecy? I mean, it's like we were talking about in Philippians, when I live my life with this anticipation and knowledge that the Lord could come at any time, man, 
The Apostle John said it this way, the one who has this hope purifies himself. In other words, gets his affairs in order, completes any unfinished business. It has this purifying effect where we get serious about the things of God because he could come at any time. I want to be ready. I don't want to have any unfinished business down here. After all, this world is not my home. The only thing I have here are those loved ones that I want to go with me. So maybe I need to get busy about the things of God. Maybe I need to get serious about the things of God. I do not believe there will ever be anybody in heaven that will say something like this. Man, I wish I wouldn't have gotten my affairs in order. I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time getting ready for the Lord to return. I wish I wouldn't have taken so much time to witness to people and share the gospel with people. I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time doing the things of God and serving in the kingdom of God. Nobody will ever say that. What's the gospel? The Apostle Paul said, Woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the good news. That Jesus Christ came, that He was crucified, that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back one day. That's the good news. Why? Because the good news is in response to the bad news. And the bad news is, is that if Jesus did not do that, there's no hope. I'm dead. I'm dead man walking. I'm dead woman walking for all eternity. That's the gospel. We end with the ABCs of salvation. Again, just as a reminder, we have these out front, these ABC of salvation cards with the ABCs on the front, the scriptures on the back. Um, There's a, a box of them, brother guy, had them printed for us. We can always get more printed. And also they're on the back of your bulletin. So do not throw away your bulletin anymore. You can actually rip that off and use that when the Lord presents the opportunity. What are the ABCs of salvation? A childlike explanation of how to respond to the good news of salvation that is freely given and offered because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And the A is for admit, acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you sin, that you need the Savior. In Romans 3.10 it says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all, keyword all, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must all be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 sort of packages the bad news with the good news. The bad news first. We've transgressed the law of God. We've sinned against God. We've missed the mark. We've fallen short. And the wages of that, the penalty for that, is death. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, As we go through these, as we have for almost two years now, by the way, 
Every week, week in and week out, we've been doing these ABCs of salvation. And what's been happening is you have been equipped and emboldened. So now when somebody is presented, crosses paths with you, which is a divine appointment, by the way, now you're not ashamed of the gospel. You're not, you know, man, what do I do now? How do I? You've got something that is so simple that you can just give to them and share with them. Here's the B. The B is for believing your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the B. Here's the C. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. Here's how it works. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, here's how to seal the deal, if you will. All, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Period. That simple. If you're here today in this church that I am so privileged to pastor, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I implore you today to have this day be the day of your salvation. Call upon Him while He can be heard before it's too late. I don't say that to scare. I only say that because the Lord is coming and it's going to be sooner than any of us myself included, can't even realize it's that soon. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the more sure word of prophecy and perhaps more importantly, the impact that your soon return, the anticipation of you coming at any time has on our lives the urgency that it creates within us to take serious our Christian lives and to get serious about sharing the gospel with others. Oh Lord, we do want you to come quickly, but at the same time, many hearts are broken because of loved ones who are not ready. So Lord, would you hearken unto the voice of our cry as we pray for those to come to you and in so doing, speed your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.